Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Oh, hi there. I'm John Avery Whitaker, but you can call me Whit. We were just getting ready for a time of wonder, excitement, and discovery. You care to join us? You never know what'll happen next when you have an adventure in Odyssey. You three, bow down before the golden statue. We will not. The dream is gone. Oh, of course. What god can deliver you out of my hands? Give him an inch and he thinks he's a ruler. I wouldn't say long, Marsha. I simply have to trace the power supply through the BIOS, the CPU, each of the expansion slots, the display adapter, the random access memory, the keyboard, and the disk drives. How long will that take? Um, long. Oh. Eugene, what are you boring Marsha with now? Hmm? Oh, I don't know, Mr. Walton. Are you bored, Marsha? No, right now I'm frustrated. Oh, then you have been talking to Eugene. He was just telling me why Beavers doesn't work and how long it's going to take to fix. Beavers? Uh, Mr. Whitaker's newest invention, the Bible Education Audiovisual Research System. Beavers. That's all we need around here is another contraption. It doesn't work, and now I can't find out about the Fiery Furnace Rescue. The Fiery Furnace Rescue? Yeah, I'm writing this report at school about fantastic rescues. Connie told me there was a great story in the Bible about a rescue from a fiery furnace, and that I should use beavers to look it up. As per usual, Miss Kendall is in a fog about the state of affairs at Wit's End. Mr. Whitaker asked me to repair beavers before he departed for Connellsville this morning. So what am I going to do? Well, like sheep without a shepherd. Look, you don't need some crazy machine to tell you about the fiery furnace. I can tell you all about it. Well, I need more than just a story, Mr. Welton. I also need facts. You know, dates and stuff. Um, <clears throat> Catching a cold, Eugene? Hmm? Oh, no. I, I'm merely attempting to interject that facts happen to be a specialty of mine. I'm sure I can supply the details. Great. Thanks, Eugene. You're welcome. Well, all right. But just remember, I'm the storyteller, Eugene. You just keep quiet until we need some facts. You shall not even be aware of my presence. Oh, if it were only true. Okay, Marsha, the fiery furnace rescue, as you call it, happened in ancient times when the Jews were in captivity. Uh, would that be the Egyptian captivity or the Babylonian captivity? There's a rather large difference, you know. <sighs> Babylonian. Ah, then the year would be 597 B.C., Marsha. Yeah, well, actually, the story starts a few years earlier when Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar... In fact, his name was Nebuchadrezzar. The N in Nezer is a mispronunciation. Yeah, well, however you pronounce it, he went to war against Israel's king, Jehoiakim. You Eugene. see, Nebuchadrezzar attacked Jerusalem with his armies and gained a great victory over Jehoiakim, returning to Babylon with prisoners, as well as some of the sacred cups from the Temple of Jehovah, which he placed in the treasury of his god in the land of Shinar. This is going to be a long afternoon. Flush with victory, Nebuchadrezzar called for his chief steward, Ashpenaz, to attend him. You sent for me, O glorious king? Yes, Ashpenaz. I have taken stock of my kingdom and find that I am in need of more royal wise men and advisors. But there is none in all the land so wise as you, greatness. True. However, only a fool listens to himself a hundred percent of the time. Uh, yes, highness. Shall I choose these new wise men from some of our Chaldean youths? No, I don't like them. They're always plotting and scheming. We need some fresh blood around here. Hmm. Whom, your majesty? Hmm. I know. 
The Jewish youths. The Jewish youths? Yes, the ones we brought back as captives. The young men from the royal families and nobility of Israel. Oh, yes. Excellent, my lord. Just be sure to pick strong, healthy, handsome lads who are well-read and informed, alert and sensible, and have enough poise to look good around the palace. Ah, no slouchers. Yes, sire. Then teach them our language, Aramaic, a Semitic tongue known since the 9th century BC as the speech of Arameans, and adopted by various non-Aramean peoples, including the Jews after the Babylonian exile. Eugene. And our literature, which includes mathematics, astronomy, and history, as well as a strong dose of alchemy, a medieval chemistry chiefly concerned with turning base metals into gold. Eugene? Hmm? She said she needed some facts, not the whole encyclopedia. You're right, you're right. Forgive me. I shall now seal my lips and turn my attention to beavers. What a comfort. But I shall be scant inches away should you require my assistance. And I require your assistance like I require a third nostril. Now, where were we, Marcia? The king ordered his chief steward to choose some Jewish youths to be trained as his new advisors. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And among them were four young men, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and Daniel. You are all to be trained as counselors to the king. Uh, during your training period, you will be fed the best of food and wine from the king's own kitchen. I am Ashpenaz. If you have any questions, you are to bring them to me. Now that is all. Sir? Yes, what is it? My friends and I were wondering, how long will this training period last? Three years. Three years? Well, is there a problem? Well, yes, sir. With the food. The food? Yes, sir. We cannot eat it. But it is the finest food in all the land. Of that we have no doubt. But to eat it is against our laws. You four are together? We come from the tribe of Judah. What is your name? Daniel. Ugh, oh, it's so Hebrew. From now on, you shall be called uh, Belteshazzar. Which means Bel protects, Bel being the chief Babylonian deity. And who are you? My name is Hananiah. You are now to be known as Shadrach. Meaning command of Aku, the Babylonian moon god. I am Mishael. Now your name will be Mishak, which translates as who is what Aku is. And you are called? Azariah, sir. Hmm. Well, heretofore, you shall answer to Abednego, the servant of Nabu, Babylonian god of wisdom. Eugene? Hmm? Huh? Oh, uh, sorry. Now run along, boys, and do as you're told. But, but, sir, what about the food? To eat it would be a sin against our god. We don't mean to insult you, sir. But we would prefer to simply have vegetables to eat and water to drink. Vegetable? Now look, I sympathize with your predicament. But serving you only vegetables and water is out of the question. Why? Because you will become pale and thin. And then the king will behead me for neglecting my responsibilities. We do not wish to be the cause of your death. But we must remain faithful to our god. We propose a test. A uh, test? What sort of test? For the next ten days... Feed us only vegetables and water. Yes, and at the end of this period, compare us with those who eat the king's rich food. Then you can decide for yourself whether or not to let us continue our diet. Well, I don't know. The only alternative is for us to stop eating altogether. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. Then you agree to the test? Uh, yeah, all right, I agree, but only for ten days. Oh, how do I get myself into these things? So, while the other youth stuffed themselves with rich food and wine, Daniel and his three friends ate only vegetables and water. And at the end of ten days... I don't believe it. Daniel, you and your three friends look healthier and better nourished than all who feasted from the king's own table. Then may we be allowed to continue our vegetable and water diet? Oh, of course. <laughs> I may even try it myself.
But what does this have to do with the fiery furnace? A lot. Daniel and his friends refuse to compromise their beliefs. That's very important to remember. And so is what happens next. Next? You mean they don't go to the furnace from here? Oh, no. First, they had to complete their training and education in the literature and science of the day. Obviously, they were young men made in my own mold. No, they broke your mold, Eugene. Why, thank you. And anyone who talks to you can tell you were still in it at the time. Hmm? It just so happens that God gave them all great ability to learn. And he gave Daniel a special ability to understand the meanings of dreams and visions. Well, I came in very handy a few years later when the king had a terrible nightmare. Still in it? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, please! Majesty! Uh, Majesty! Uh, wake up! Wake up! No! Ashpenaz. Well, I I'm here, Majesty. I'm right here. Why? Sire? Why are you here? Is there a problem? Well, I heard you shouting and I thought there was trouble. Shouting? Yes. Yes. I was having a dream, a terrible dream. Oh, there, there, Your Highness. Uh, Aspenaz is here. The bad dream's all gone now. No, no, it isn't. It still haunts me. Oh, well, uh, perhaps uh, if you told me about it, it would stop haunting you. All right. Well, well, uh, first off... Uh, uh, first off what? I... I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I can't remember it. By the gods, I've had the worst dream of my life, and I can't remember it. Well, then, it's all for the best, isn't it? Uh, now, why don't you just lie down and close your eyes and... No! Don't you understand? Not remembering makes it all the worse. It's going to drive me mad. What should I do, Majesty? Summon all my magicians, sorcerers and astrologers. Now, in the middle of the night? I don't care what time it is. I must know about my dream. Attend me all. I have had a terrible nightmare, and I must know its meaning. O oh, king, live forever. We are here to help. Tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. The dream is gone. The dream, the dream is gone. Gone? Yes, gone. I can't remember it. Great honors shall be yours if you tell me what the dream was and what it means. Tell me quickly, for I fear some tragedy awaits me. But, O oh, king... Uh, we, we cannot. Why? You're magicians and astrologers, aren't you? Well, yes, but we cannot tell what the dream means unless you tell us what it was. If you can't tell me what the dream was, then why should I believe your interpretation? Majesty! I see your trick. You're stalling for time until the tragedy befalls me that the dream foretells. No, no, Majesty! If you do not tell me what I want to know, I'll have you torn limb from limb and your houses destroyed. There isn't a man alive who can tell others what they have dreamed. And, and no king has ever asked such a thing. It, it, it is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dreams. Then what good are you? Captain of the God! My lord. Remove this vermin from my sight. 
Gather up all my so-called wise men and execute them at dawn. Execute them just because of a dream? Well, indeed, dreams were most important in those days, Marcia. The ancient mind viewed them as communication with the gods. They carried great spiritual significance, especially this one, for it was about future events. Eugene, yes, you keep interrupting me. I'm going to have you removed. Oh, of course. Oh, carry on. Well, like he said, Marcia, the dream was about future events, and there was only one man in the entire kingdom who could have told the king that. Daniel. Very good. You've been listening. The only problem was that by now, Daniel and his friends were on the king's staff as wise men. You mean they were rounded up with the others to be killed? Right. Arioch, the captain of the guard, came pounding at their door. Open up in the name of the king. Arioch, what is it? Daniel. You and your three companions are under arrest. Uh, uh, arrest? Yes, you're to be taken to the dungeon and executed at first light. Ariok, why is the king so angry? What is the matter? He has had a terrible dream which he cannot remember, and no one can tell him what it was or what it means. I'm sorry, Daniel. You know I'm fond of you, but I have my orders. Ariok, take me to see the king. Daniel, I please. You're going to kill us anyway. Is it so much to ask? Come along. What do you want? Oh, great one! Appoint a time, and I will tell you the dream and all it means. I have appointed a time now, Majesty. You have been given this dream for a reason. Is it not worth one more day to know its meaning? Very well. You have one more day. But if you fail, you and all other wise men will be. Killed. Take him home, Ariok. Yes, O King. Well, Daniel went home and told his friends what happened. They immediately asked God's mercy and insight, and God answered their prayer. For when Daniel awoke the next morning, blessed be the name of the Lord, for He reveals profound mysteries beyond man's understanding. Ariok, do not kill anyone. Take me to the king. I will tell him what he wants to know. Eugene, Beavers. Oh, yes, of course. Well, the captain of the guard took Daniel to the palace, where he stood before a very haggard king. I'm waiting, Daniel. Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? No wise man, astrologer, magician, or wizard can tell you such things. But there is a god in heaven who reveals secrets. He has told you what will happen in the future. The future. You saw a huge and powerful statue of a man, shining brilliantly, frightening and terrible. Yes. Its head was made of purest gold. Its chest and arms were of silver. Its belly and thighs of brass. Its legs of iron. Its feet part iron and part clay. Clay. Yes. Yes, clay. But as you watched. A rock not made with human hands came and smashed the feet of iron and clay. The statue collapsed into a heap. Its pieces were as dust. The wind blew them away, but the rock became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. 
That's it. I remember it all now. That was my dream. But what does it mean? You are a king over many kings. For the God of heaven has given you power, strength, and glory. You are the head of gold. The head. But another kingdom will arise to take your place. Another kingdom? An empire lesser than yours. The chest and arms of silver. Yes. And after that, a third great power, the bronze belly, will rise to rule the world. And the feet of iron and clay? A fourth kingdom, strong as iron, smashing, bruising, and conquering. Later it will be divided. And what of the great rock? In the midst of these empires, the Lord God will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. That is the rock. It will shatter all kingdoms into nothingness, but it shall stand forever indestructible. The Lord God has shown what will happen. You may be sure of it. Oh, Daniel, truly yours is the God of gods because he has told you the secret. Let it be known throughout the land. I hereby appoint Daniel to be ruler over the whole province of Babylon, as well as chief over all my wise men. Majesty, you do me great honor. But if I may, a request? Anything. Appoint Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as my assistants. Done and done. They shall be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon. And now, let us rejoice. For my dream has been revealed. Wow! It's lucky Daniel could understand dreams. Luck? Now, maybe you haven't been listening. Luck didn't have anything to do with it. God gave Daniel the ability, remember? Oh, yeah. And Daniel and his friends relied on God to protect them. That's the second thing that's very important to remember. Now, what was the first? Uh... They refused to compromise their beliefs. Oh, thanks, Eugene. I know you know. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Does this mean we're finally getting to the fiery furnace? Yes. You see, while Daniel and his friends were learning their lessons from God, the king hadn't learned anything at all. Not even from the dream? Well, apparently not, because soon after, he built a golden statue of himself 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. What did Daniel say about that? Well, he wasn't there. Where was he? He, uh, uh, well, he, I, uh, I, he, uh, I... Okay, Eugene. Huh. The actual answer is unknown. However, scholars have suggested that as the highest Babylonian official, Daniel was sent to negotiate with neighboring kingdoms. Right, neighboring kingdoms. Some now, scholars it, also uh, speculate that the dream may have actually inspired the statue, Nebuchadnezzar being the gold head and all. Sure, that's fine, Eugene. However, now, other uh, scholars simply believe that Nebuchadnezzar was deranged. Enough, <laughs> Eugene. That, uh, <laughs> well, uh, yes. Give him an inch and he thinks he's a ruler. Now, where was I? The statue. Yeah, well, the king set it up in the middle of his kingdom. Then he sent messages to all the governors in his empire to come to its dedication. People of all nations, hear the king's command. When the music begins, you are to bow down and worship the golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will be thrown into the fiery furnace. And now, honor great Nebuchadnezzar. You three, 
Bow down before the golden statue. We will not. You must, dogs. It is the king's orders. We know, but we cannot obey it. To do so would be a great sin against our God, Jehovah. Do you think you are still in Jerusalem? Your God is of no consequence here. Now bow down or suffer the penalty. We will not bow down. Guards! Before you act rashly, you should know that we are three of the king's most trusted advisors. Advisors? Yes. And should any harm befall us without the king's knowledge, it would not bode well for the one who caused that harm. Do you think you can threaten me? I represent the king in this matter, and we shall see what he has to say about it. Bring them! They have defied me? Yes, O king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to worship our gods or bow down before your statue. Is this true? We cannot lie, my liege. It is true. I cannot believe it. I've taken you in, treated you like my own sons. I'll give you one more chance. When the music plays, bow down and worship the statue. If you don't, you'll be thrown into the furnace. And then, what god can deliver you out of my hands? O oh, king, you must do as your heart tells you. We are not worried about what will happen to us. If we are thrown into the fire, our god is able to deliver us out of your hand. But even if he doesn't, we will still not serve your gods or worship your golden statue. Captain of the guard, majesty. Heat the furnace up seven times hotter than normal. Then take these dogs, bind them with ropes, and throw them into the fire. Close then all. You dare defy me. Now you will know who rules in Babylon. Well, the furnace was like a huge oven with an opening at the top and a door at the bottom. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound and thrown in from the top. The fire was so hot, it killed the soldiers as they threw them in. And the king sat and watched this whole thing with an evil smile on his face. But then... Ariel, did we not throw three men into the furnace? Yes, Majesty. But I see four men. Unbound, walking around in the fire. They aren't hurt by the flames. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. I must examine the site. Majesty, what are you doing? You must not go near the furnace. The flames will kill you. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. Yes, O King, what is your bidding? didn't even touch you. Your hair is unsinged, your clothes unscorched. You don't even smell of smoke. The Lord has delivered us. Oh, blessed be your God, who has sent his angel to deliver his trusting servants when they defied the king's command. I hereby decree that anyone who speaks a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and his house destroyed. For no other god can do what this one does. And that's the story of the rescue from the fiery furnace.
Well, you think you can use it in your report? You kidding? It'll be the highlight. Thank you both for telling it to me. Marcia, your gratitude is most respectfully and sincerely received. Huh? He means you're welcome, Marcia. Oh. I trust my additions to the story have proved to you both the importance of facts and details. I couldn't have done it without you, Eugene. Though I would have liked to try. All right, there. As promised, Beavers is now in perfect operating condition. Uh, Beavers, tell us about the fiery furnace. Mary had a widow well. Its fleece was white as snow. You were saying? It must still have some loose connections. And you two have a lot in common. Thank you. The Lord is my stronghold, my fortress and my deliverer. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego became living examples of these words by King David. Most of us will never face the kind of danger they faced, but it's still comforting to know the Lord can and will deliver us from evil if we call on Him. Adventures and Odyssey's a presentation of Focus on the Family. Deliver Us from Evil was written and directed by Phil Lawler. Our production engineer was Dave Arnold. And our executive producer, Chuck Bolte. And I'm Chris, hoping you'll join us again next time for more Adventures in Odyssey.